Hi, I'm Johanna Ferreira, content director of Pop Sugar Juntos. Juntos is all about celebrating Latin A culture, pride, our many intersectional identities, and joy. Thanks to support from Prime, there's so much to get into over at Juntos this month. From conversations with the Latin A minds behind our favorite new movies and resurrected TV shows, to thoughtful celebrity commentary, and exclusive interviews with some of the biggest Latin music artists today. And it doesn't stop there. Get more of the music, movies, and shopping you love on Prime. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more of whatever you're into from streaming to shopping. And get all of our latest coverage at PopSugar.com slash Juntos. Con amor, Johanna. Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds, thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magic Write is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. I think as long as you're breathing, you're in some kind of pain. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you're still... Captain you're st- Happy. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Good One, a podcast about jokes. I'm your host, Jesse David Fox. This week's guests are the kids in the hall, all of them. Dave Foley, Bruce McCullough, Kevin McDonald, Mark McKinney, and Scott Thompson. The kids are back, baby, with an all-new season of sketch comedy on Amazon Prime Video. Like many of my fellow millennials, I first became familiar with the definitive Canadian Gen X sketch group through reruns on Comedy Central. They made me feel weird. It's hard to say why, but I think it was in a good way. Uh, I did keep on watching. The new season somehow captures that same strange energy, uh, the darkness and queerness and silliness and coolness, but decidedly from the perspective of men around 60. They really did it. I I feel like so rarely (laughs) do people come back and like still capture the whatever they had the first time. And they did it. And it rules. And I think you'll love it. Since you're not always going to get opportunities to get them all in the same place, I asked to interview them all at the same time in the same room. Especially because at times you can't totally tell who is talking. The result is a bit chaotic, but beautifully so. I think we're able to actually capture their famously combative creative dynamic, as they are still fighting about a sketch that was written years ago and filmed months ago. I think this was aided by the fact that COVID forced me out of the room, making me have to conduct the interview over a Zoom screen like a literal fly on the wall. Like, seriously, I was just a floating head on a flat screen television mounted on the wall, and they gathered around and periodically looked at me when it was my turn to talk. Together, we discussed a sketch from the first episode of this season called Tart. It is a sort of sequel to Dipping Sauces, a a famous sketch from the fifth season of the original run that was written by Mark McKinney. Tart, however, was not Mark's idea. And thus, the conflict. Dun dun dun. Lastly, we included a link to the video of the sketch in the show notes, but if you're just listening first, there's some visual jokes of note. The main things you should know before we play the clip is Kevin plays the female diner, Mark plays the first waiter, Scott plays the chef, Bruce plays the second waiter, and Dave the third waiter. And when the angelic classical music plays, there's an almost central montage of Scott making the tart. So here are the kids in the hall. 
Well, did we enjoy our entree, madam? Oh, yes. The kangaroo filet was superb. So fresh. Well, that's because it's locally sourced. Locally sourced kangaroo? The security at the Toronto Zoo is surprisingly lax. Oh? <laughs> well, I hope you left some room for dessert. Oh, yes, I did. And I know exactly what I want. Excellent. I would like a piece of that wild blueberry pie I've heard so much about. Pie? I'm sorry, but we don't serve pie. Well, yes, you do. I saw it on social media. Well, I don't know what you saw on social media, but this restaurant doesn't serve pie. Yes, it was a pie, a tiny little pie. Oh, I think you're referring to the Tarte de Bleu Bleu et Sauvage. That's it. There you go. I'm sorry, it didn't register because you called it a pie when actually it's a tart. Tart, pie, pie, tart. What's the difference? Right away, madam. <laughs> Rory. Hmm? I'm afraid there's a bit of a situation. Tori, slow down. You know your Tarte Bleu Bleu Sauvage? Of course I do. It's my signature dessert. Well, a customer of mine just called it a pie. Did anybody else hear? I don't think so. Tori, Rory, what's all the commotion? Uh, Tori, go on, Doria's family. Well, a customer of mine just ordered the Tarte de Bleu Bleu et Sauvage and then called it a pie. <gasps> what does she think this is? A golden griddle? Dory, Tori, Rory, are you talking about the woman who called the Tarte de Bleu Bleu et Sauvage a pie? How did you hear? Well, all the busboys are talking about it. Ramon is so upset he's thinking of moving back to Nicaragua. But isn't he from North Bay? Yes, that's how upset he is. I think we're going to have to shut the place down. Yes. Wait, no, there's got to be another option. Well, we could stone her with artisanal cheeses. It's worked before. Mm -hmm. I'll get the cheeses. Well, That's wait, 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 wait. What? What if I just take her the dessert and see if I can't stop this runaway train? Uh, it's worth a shot. Let's plate this dessert. Yes. de Bleu-Bleuet Sauvage. What a darling little pie. Madam, it's not a pie, it's a tarte. Well, whatever it is, it's as cute as a button, and I'm gonna take a picture of it. Now I'm gonna post it on social media, and all my friends will see what a delicious little pie I had for dessert. Uh, why don't I take a picture of the two of you, uh, together? Great idea. That's definitely tweet-worthy. Yes, I... Yes, um, say, cave age cheese. Cave-H cheese! Where are you going with my phone? I had to take her phone. What? She took a picture of the tart, called it a pie, and then said she was going to put it on social media. Oh, no. 
We're going to have to burn the place to the ground. Should I evacuate the customers? No, there's no time. Just lock the doors. Okay. Wait. There's no reason all of you should die. I'm new here. Give me that phone and I'll set fire to myself. No. You're the baby. You're only 59. He's right. Let me do it. After all, it was my table. <sighs> Wait. Would you let me cook you? Chef, I'd be honored. You're a hero. No, I'm just a waiter with heroic tendencies. That smells delicious. I am here with the kids in the hall. Thank you for joining me. Hey, nice I hope you're feeling better. I hope you're feeling. I appreciate that. Okay. Um, can you all just quickly introduce yourself so everyone can get acclimated to your voices? <sighs> as five Why are they difficult uh, voices to listen to? I am the David Foley. <laughs> I am Bruce McCullough. I am Scott Thompson. I am Mark McKinney. Kevin McDonough. <laughs> oh, Kevin's the only one that did his real oh, voice. Oh, he did his signature <laughs> voice. Sorry. Sorry, uh, guys. <laughs> so to so we're talking about the tart sketch, but to to build up to oh, it, I okay. want to start in, so I want to start in okay. 2010 in yeah. your last TV project together, Death Comes to Town, which was not a sketch show but a CBC comedic murder mystery miniseries. It aired on IFC here. Uh, besides being your first filmed collaboration in 15 years, uh, during the production, Scott was diagnosed with and treated for non-Hodgkin lymphoma. Um, as a publicity the, stunt. <laughs> as yeah. A pub- yeah. And yeah. it worked great. Yeah. And I caught it from my publicist, too, yeah. which is yeah. ironic. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to get a sense. After it aired and going through that experience, what was your feeling about doing something else, anything else together as a group? Well, I was afraid that we could. I didn't want to do anything, do anything anymore because I thought, I don't want to get cancer again. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I had a project idea called Remission, but Scott was reluctant. Um, no, I think I think that, and if, if you, people who watch the doc, that forged something that we became, I think, even closer through that process. And then I think after that, we wanted, you know, we did some touring after that, but it felt like we came together in, in mm. time of crisis, as we had in yeah. Brain Candy, but I think it really made us all close. And we lived in North Bay for nine weeks, so yeah. it was a lot of lot to that. really cope with. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was actually, can I say, a beautiful Don't, experience no, you can't say beautiful. to yeah. realize how much they had my back and how, I mean, they even like did the structure, they structured the, the shooting of the show around my chemo and my radiation. Mm-hmm. So that was well, pretty that's, extraordinary. That's what we told you. Yeah, that's what they <laughs> yeah. told it just, It was just, you missed a few it appointments. Was just, it, lucky. It, it was and it was odd break. that when Scott got cancer, he was on time. But when he, when he's, when he kicked cancer, he's late again. He's trying to tell you that I was late today. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> it's all right today. Better late than ever. Um, so, I'm not sure exactly when, but it seems like y'all booked five nights at a 500-seat theater in Toronto mm-hmm. and gave yourself a week to write a show just like you did at the early days. Why was that, and what did you learn from that experience as you're sort of going forward in writing Sketch now? Uh, well, I had sort of pitched that to the guys that we do five shows in a 500-seat theater and work for five nights, and hopefully we'll make $5,000 each. But um, <laughs> I think it was just small enough and big enough that, that it felt like a lot of momentum, but we weren't trying to kill it in a big theater mm-hmm. and I think we all just for some reason came to play and we yeah. all had more ideas than, than we thought yeah and yeah. it was to see if we could do it that was I mean, yeah. it was something that's the way we, we used to do that all the time um, when we were starting it was kind of just to see if we still uh, 
could write like that and uh, you know and enjoy it. Especially like putting together a brand new show because we wanted to do yeah. that, and that was we we did it. We actually overwrote. Yeah. So Tart was on the 2015 tour. Was Tart written in that stage, or was it written for the tour? Was that it was written for oh, that. that was, it, it was written because we started the, the we started the tour in 2014. Yeah. Then we had to stop because some of us got busy, mm-hmm. not me. And then uh, <laughs> so it was for 2014 that uh, Scott came in. With I brought in. One day. I brought in the idea. Yeah, I, I love the cool. idea of it. And then, but it was a very contentious one because it, it, I used Mark's characters. So and then I also knew that Mark was the character that had to drive the scene, and maybe the scene when I first brought it in was me driving the scene, and then I realized Mark uh, had to drive the scene, uh, and then there became kind of a tussle, and then we started to share it as a scene, and then by the end of it, I would say it's a group scene. It's yeah, a group yeah. Scene. There's nothing left of me in yeah, it. I, I realized Scott uh, Scott gave him the, the uh, gave himself the role of the chef. Which I guess in his little child no. mind means chief. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you gave me the role of the chef in the first iteration. The uh, uh, right? dipping sauce. Did the I? Dipping, dipping right. areas. That's dipping right. areas. Yes. Could I have the dessert for a table 20, please? I'm just finishing. Oh, great. What did they order? They're splitting an order of mousse with sorbet. And what's in that? <laughs> you must be new here. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> Well, let me tell you. First of all, I start with two islands of mousse, a white mousse and a chocolate mousse, contrasted with a scoop of cassis sorbet, sprinkled with a herd of loose blueberries, a sprig of mint, a light dusting of chocolate, and finally, to top it all off, these four dipping areas. And what are the dipping areas for? Well, that's for dipping the mousse into. But of course, it's completely up to the individual. But you do drive it because you're the one that goes back and forth between the two areas. And I'm the best actor. Well, that he's the best actor. <laughs> we were so trying yeah, to keep that a secret. Yeah. What was the very core of the idea that he brought? And then what was the sort of conversations back and forth that got it to... Oh. Well, he brought a whole script. Oh. Like he, I brought a whole script. It was food script. obsession, oh, wow. right? It was food and, and there was one, and I knew that... I, I don't rarely have hooks very often, but I knew there was... The hook would be that there's a tart that the woman calls a pie. And that mm-hmm. was the... Ex- and they lost their minds. And that was... And they all loved that idea. Yeah, because yeah. that was it. I went, yeah, that's hilarious because that's the kind of tiny thing that would make them lose their minds. Yeah. So that was that was the, that's the hook of it. And yeah. I, I love yeah. that it's that small. It's that small. Yeah, yeah. yeah. much and ado it, about nothing. And yeah, it's a piece that's exactly we, it. that we did get it. We did have the opportunity to work out a lot of the beats of it and and hone it on on that tour, which was nice. Yes, and then we continued to hone it even when we put it on, on television. We had to rehone it, but mm-hmm. it got really, really honed on stage, and we understood. We, we played it live, and it it, it expanded a lot. Yeah, by honed he means room. really long. Oh, is that, what <laughs> honing, is that what it means? Yeah, honed usually means the opposite. <laughs> yeah. So 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 the original version. Scott, you were always the chef, but it was much more about your process, and then it, it, no. it evolved? No, not no. really. It really wasn't. It's just, I think it was just, it, it was, I think that they all loved the idea, and they all wanted it. And um, <laughs> But I also knew that I'd eventually have to give it to the group. Well, because... and but it was... It was about that speech you give about the speech about the potato, which, which is cut in the in the in the television show. Yeah, it might not be necessary. It, it wasn't necessary on television. It's it's ironic that, that the thing that gets you there can go away sometimes. Mm-hmm. There's this whole speech about the the ingredients which we we cut at the very end, you know. But it just felt like I just knew it was a good it was a good hook, um, mm-hmm. and everybody had good things to do in it, and. Mm. Um, 
It was yeah. such a joy to play on stage. Yeah. You you mentioned that it was somewhat contentious, and that is part of the history of Kids in the Hall, but I feel like every time How any of you... How dare you? Well, I'll say this. Keep Anytime going. you talk about it, it's sort of in like a vague term other than brain candy, where it's very explicit about what the fights were. Yeah. What does a creative fight actually sort of look like what it wh how oh, do people you don't behave know. well uh like scott when first when we weren't just a minute just a sec yeah oh he, he's storming out for storming off already. that's that's a that's a bit sweaty you know a bit of a sweaty <laughs> scott bit, stormed off oh, he's and he yeah. he can't stay out there for that's long. Exactly yeah, 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 yeah because the, the camera's in here so yeah. he has to come back thank you scott because first you when we didn't respond to your original script as well as much as you thought i thought i thought they'd take it like so first scott has hurt feelings that's an example scott has hurt feelings and when scott has hurt feelings he lashes out yeah yeah yeah, it's and interesting. No one noticed my slightly hurt feelings that Scott had really oh, no, taken my for this characters. Tell, tell him, tell him. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the original. This is their time. This is no, why we're it, here. it was a really good idea. I think the genius of Scott offering this up, which, by the way, you don't normally walk into a troupe like we call or a little bit proprietal about our characters. Mm -hmm. So it was a you know a, a, he really had to put on blinders. I think to come in and say, here's an idea where the <laughs> these five really mellow waiters uh, get excited about something tiny, which was also the premise. But the genius of it was is that Scott, being a stage monster, sensed that we could do these very gentle characters on stage. It mm -hmm. never would have occurred to me that yeah. we could do the characters from Foodies on stage. Yeah, because they don't seem so. Like that the was stage a, so. Characters. I got over. So obviously, I'm I'm not given much to histrionics. That's more yes, of no. here. Um, but uh, but I, I, I think you you're loved it too. I think you're wrong. I think wrong. you're allowed to use characters that we've done before. Are you are, are you were you upset that we did it one more time and no, employees? But I mean must... look look uh, have you ever do you remember when, when you wrote, wrote a monologue, monologue yeah. a buddy Cole monologue? Uh, go ahead, storm out again, because yeah. that will be a good <laughs> reenactment. Bruce McCullough Bruce, wrote a buddy Bruce Cole monologue. Bruce is a good joke writer, wrote a buddy Cole <laughs> monologue. This happened. Yeah, yeah. He there you out. go. He stormed out, and and, and I I shouldn't have done it. Yeah. But he's well, I'm not doing it, but I'll strip it for. But jokes. you wouldn't write a chicken lady, and you know, and you did write in a head crusher, and I thought, and I got very, and then I thought, no, it makes I, sense. I, I'd say it's more analogous if they, one of them came, came in and they they'd written a, a step sketch, yeah, and they wanted me to do it verbatim. But here's what mm -hmm. makes me the most beautiful right. member of the troupe. Oh, is <laughs> that, <laughs> is that I think one. if I'd written uh, a Simon and Hecubus, if I'd written any other thing, you did, you uh, there would have been. Uh, 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 like a lot of pushback. I'm these guys didn't like it so much. I worked with Scott on it, so that mm -hmm. I, I come off very right. well in this story. Yeah, <laughs> so, I, I do remember that moment and where there are a few uh, others. If you Mark almost, them. I don't know if we were angry, but I remember Mark sort of calming us down. Going, no, I think I know what Scott means. Let me work on it with him. Yeah. yeah, is that what he said? And, yeah. you, and he said, "I'm going to act you like a it was professional the comedy writer and uh -huh. make this." Good. When you brought it in, did you present it as these same characters, absolutely. or did we read it's it and yes. go, "No, no, no"? It was absolutely those. Characters. <laughs> or did we read it? Oh, well, those are the same. Characters. Same guy who who flipped out over the the buddy home online. Yeah. In general, is that how writing works? Someone has an idea, writes it out fully, and then brings it to the group. Does he oh. do? Sometimes it depends. It depends on what the uh, if it's a stage show. Sometimes that happens that way. Sometimes people just come with an idea. Mm -hmm. uh, or even Sometimes it's jamming. My favorites, yeah. uh, the ones that, that drive me crazy are the sketches that we've written in seven minutes. Uh, yeah. Like I remember Scott, Sick of the Swiss. Yeah. It was like first seven thing in the morning before the coffee. Uh, and Nina from Joymakers. Oh, that reminds me. Yeah, yeah. Do you know in a surprise party what the most important part is? The surprise. Okay. So why don't we all practice that together? 
you want to give it a shot? Can we do it? Sure. What's the name of the company? AT and Love. Okay, let's go. AT and Love on three. One, two, three. Surprise! I can't. I can't. Do it. Let's try it again. One, two, three. Surprise! I can't do it. I just can't. You basically trust me. That's amazing, bro. I just can't do it. Okay, Lewis, Lewis, can you say supper? No, I can't say that word. <laughs> say supper. Supper. Good. Can you say rise? Oh no, I could never say that rise. word. Rise. Okay, can you put it together? Say supper rise. Oh, three syllables. Supper rise. Supper rise. Okay, let's all do that together. One, two, three. Surprise. I can't, I just can't do it. He trusts me, basically. Okay, he trusts me. Okay, I'm trying. Stand in the back here, and uh, we'll just uh, work it. Uh, Surprise! Hey. <laughs> okay, all right, Lewis, why don't you come back up front, stand in here, that's Surprise! Okay, wait, 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 why don't we try that Surprise! Together? Why don't we try doing that together, okay? On three, all right? One. That was us after we'd already agreed to break up the meeting and have a drink. And we just start. I think I was hosting oh, in my right, apartment. Right. Yeah. And I made yeah. you all drinks and I started yeah. acting like a neurotic host. And then, and but like in eight minutes, we had a full sketch. And mm-hmm. then, really, the reality is most of the time it's a day and you hate your day and you hate your lunch. Well, you guys wrote Simon Hecubus that lunch, one lunch. <laughs> that was right? Citizen Kane. Citizen I mean, Kane. Citizen Kane. Mark actually like, wrote the first part of Simon and Hecubus and he was going to be Simon. And then Kevin no kicked him out. This. And then they kicked him out. Yeah. <laughs> Did you kick me out? Well, you want to do it with Dave and also Dave was yeah. light at yeah. the Rivoli that yeah. show. Yeah. And so I wasn't It worked out well. I well, think. we wrote the one where Danny's uh, workmate grows breasts in 10 minutes. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, body conscious. Yeah, yeah body but conscious. I'm, I'm putting yeah. on the table, guys. Yeah. Like, those ones do happen. The they sparks, do happen. the spritzing. Right. I wish it could all happen that way because otherwise it's just agony. Well, right. then you have more yeah. free time. Well, but you, you, it, it's not that expeditious, right? Yeah. If, if, if you bring in like 60 and on the pole or something and people like different parts of it and beat it up and see what they want to do with it, it just helps because you don't have a day all the time to write every sketch. So yeah. Yeah. So sometimes you Because you know to. what I remember? You came up with the Joymaker's character, Nina. Yeah, Joymaker's right is a lot away. like Tart that way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but you came up with Nina right away. But I remember that Joymaker's was really hard to write. I remember... Bruce came in one day for a Rivoli show yep. rehearsal, and um, and Uh-oh. your ideas are usually fantastic hooks. But your idea for this was a bad surprise party, and, right? Uh, and then <laughs> and then we worked on it, and then we gave up on it. And I remember next week because we it's such on a it dull again, like, hook in a way. Yeah, and yeah. it took a few like sh- a few Mondays, a few. Did weeks you to even have the hook about the person who knows it's a surprise party? No, I think that was Dave's idea. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah, I know. And then it became very f- much a physical like almost like a. But know. it all came together. Like I mean, it may we have been kicking like around. Cra- you. Sp- we spit on each other. Oh, did we? Yeah. yeah. Well, that was in character. Time. Yeah. No. No, uh, no. Out of character. Out of character. <laughs> out of character. You and I spit on in character. Yeah. yeah. See, I think of Joymakers is a lot like Tart. Joymakers is a lot like Tart. Because yeah. it became that a That was sketch. hard work. Which that was the most, one of the most difficult things yeah. ever we, to we, put together. That took Which a week. Joymakers. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That was... I remember we, we, we gave up on it once. We gave up on it once. And then I think you were just stubborn the next day and made us work on it again. Ooh. Yeah. That I remember oh, it was wow. good. And so I, just, I just remember because I remember when we were working at Mark's apartment because I had to keep going into Mark's kitchen because I had to keep entering. I oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> what? That I had to keep coming and going from Mark's kitchen. That's his right. little kitchen. <laughs> that's right. Was my entrance. So I remember standing in the kitchen. And, and later that night, all my beer was gone. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw later I, that day. I didn't even see later the guy that, doing that. Later that morning. Yeah. <laughs> um, so as we transition to filming this. You know, right before the pandemic, essentially, it was announced you guys would be doing an, another season. What was the feeling of let's do this now? How did it happen? And also, you know, how do you make sure it's not like seen as a reboot, but a sort of sixth season of the show? Huh. Well, 
we probably I mean, it's sort of both. Yeah, yeah, and we never talked about it. We, like we never – we talk about if we're doing something or not. Um, but we never talked about – I mean we did talk about live versus um, multicam and things like that. But we just – we didn't talk about what we were going to do. We just did it. Yeah. And then, but we went down a little bit with the pandemic, and that gave us some time to kind of refresh in some material and write some new stuff. And I think it turned out for the best. Yeah, it did. Yeah, and I think we just kind of all came to the conclusion individually that, oh yeah, we want the show to feel like the old show. We want to have the you know the same kind of bumpers and the same shadowy men music, and you know, and keep that sensibility. How did you decide? Each of you decide which characters from the original to bring back or or not? I mean. I think there is a real clear that like some people you felt and some people didn't feel it was to be just a, it was a, it was a function entirely of of who had a sketch they wanted to write about an old character <laughs> and if you didn't you know if you had a good idea for a sketch then we'd bring that character back yeah and we're probably harder on our old on our old characters because it's kind of almost hacky to do do in a way um, so they they better be as good as the first one or or in the ballpark so I think we're all reluctant I know I did a, an eradicator you did I was reluctant <laughs> and Dave saved that sketch for me um, um, but I think we're reluctant I, I don't know it's just some I wouldn't do I don't feel well, like doing Cabbage even, Head well but. even in the original show we like if you were to add up the number of sketches that our supposed hit characters were in like none of them yeah. were in more than a handful of sketches. Yeah, like there was never like weren't you... there forty eight head crushers? <laughs> no, I, I think <laughs> there's only the like about six. I think there's like six. Yeah, yeah. I think there's six over five yeah. years. Think how many liars it? we did at SNL that year. We were there. Mark. Yeah, we, we did, did liars every week. <laughs> That's the number. <laughs> but yeah. we'd have characters that were very uh, that were reoccurring that would only have small parts in scenes too. Like mm-hmm. like a Danny Haas with Danny Haas. tons of sketches, and but there are very few Danny Haas sketches. And oddly enough, in the new show, Danny's boss is the character that's. In the most yeah. sketches in the new shows, yeah, yeah he is for some three, reason, right? Yeah, yeah and I didn't, yeah, no. other, and other than the Danny Huss sketch, I didn't, I wasn't involved with writing any no. of them. You just ended up in them all, yeah. yeah. Um, the the big difference is there, and it might be COVID, it might be just the fact that filming film equipment is cheaper now. It's there's no live sketches; it's all no. film. What yeah. what was the conversation around that like? Well, there there was, wasn't one. We were we planning on we wanted to do it and we couldn't. Well. Like we couldn't even get <laughs> friends to visit. Yeah, this no, is our. There was, I mean, there were. I'm lo- sorry. There were, there were logistics it's involved okay. in terms of everyone's. Schedules. Listen, I, I'll tell you what's going on here. They're playing off the idea that and they did not agree to do live, and that was my that was my uh, line in the sand the, about doing the. About well, I think we were arguing about it. I, yeah. Mark and really? I thought we were going to do live. Really. Yeah. yeah, like nothing had been decided. I just thought we were. Oh no, it had been decided. It. But even you remember that we didn't. Well, we didn't really agree. <laughs> but I'm sort of with Mark on this. Yeah. But we also we it's we nice. had we had COVID, and we also had a uh, very limited production schedule coming into it yeah. as well. So, what were the decisions like when you realized this was going to be a film? Do you think this piece would have been a live sketch if? You didn't have the yes. restrictions. I think so. Which yeah. the target? Yeah, we would have done it live. You, you could have done it, but you would have done it live because you can do it live. Well, we yeah. would have done it live, and then we would have put it in front of a live audience, like we did yeah, in our yeah. show. Yeah. But maybe not live. It would have still been filmed. Yeah, I think. I think so too. Yeah, because it's a small moment. But I would have done a Buddy Cole monologue in front of an audience. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's other sketches that that uh, probably would have been live sketch, like something like like Hateful Baby. Probably, I would think oh, yeah. so. Yeah, would have been a live sketch. If it was, if we had a live audience, what about uh, imaginary girlfriend? I think that would have been I, live. That would have been live. Probably, yeah, been live, probably but, but yeah. I like what uh, Dave did to make it filmic. But uh, we probably wouldn't have had that imagination. We probably would have just um, done it live, probably. Yeah. 
But I'm actually glad we did what we did. Does everybody else feel that way? Yes. Not Mark. I do, yeah. Hmm? Not Mark. Not Mark. Yeah. Mark, you still don't feel that way? I'm glad that we did what we did. Are you? Do you wish that we'd done live even though we weren't allowed to? I, I do miss it. I do too, but I do. I, not not because of like the, any scene would have been necessarily mm-hmm. been better live. I think we didn't think of writing live, especially in our second writing pass, right. because we knew we'd never be able to do it. Um, but I do miss it in the contrast in the show. I I, I love I, that I we had a live on. Like someone asked me the other day, "Do you guys have a laugh track?" No, we always showed our film bits to the yeah. audience. That's hundred percent real. What's your opinion of it? Oh. And you can be critical mm, yeah. about it. Oh, we'd mind. love it. Would you like skin? a Kids in the Hole yeah. show to have, like, would you? What's your opinion as an outsider? Mm. And keep that in mind, you're an outsider. Outsider, very outside. Who Which... knows nothing about us? <laughs> yeah. Once it became clear there wasn't going to be live sketches, then, like, then I did miss the the moment where you don't know where it's going, if it could break at any moment. You know, like, how sometimes you'll zoom out and then you'll do things in the foregrounds and the sketches behind, all that type of stuff. That I missed not having that, but also there was something nice about how you can do things with film. In, and even in the sketch, it'll get to there's certain things that you do because it's filmed that are just really interesting decisions that would be really hard to do for a sketch like this in the past because it would cost too much money for a sketch like this. So I think it's give and take. I do, but there is those things that I missed of just like like someone stepping out of the sketch, removing their wig, and then next, now you're in another sketch. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Are you interested in being our head writer? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, the, the thing I was wondering is if you miss doing it. Like, if any, the thing that I wondered, if more than even the product, if you're like, oh, you miss not having the opportunity to film, do live sketches as part of the production process, which seemed so integral in terms of like making the show be a pleasant place to work. Especially in the first time. Yeah. Well, I mean, doing being the live the live audience shoot nights on the old show was always a great was a fun night. I mean, it was grueling because yeah. uh, we we tried to make it play as much in real time as possible. Uh, yeah. But it was always fun, and it was always had the shadowy men we had they playing did every in the studio. Taping. Yeah. Yeah. And the audiences, you know, and we got a real boost from the the audiences were always so excited, and uh, yeah, you know, it was always a nice event. You know, it was, it was with a party afterwards, and this was yeah. show up in yeah, masks, there was a party. shoot, leave. What do you mean that they don't need me for four hours? Why didn't yeah. somebody tell me before I came? <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. that's filmmaking, right? Yeah, doing a live audience shoot is an event. I mean, you know, you know, you know same like going. I I like that when I was doing a, a multicam sitcom. You know, that, yeah, that, you got the news you got radio, the most of it. Oh, yeah. yeah, you can name drop. I, it was. Uh, <laughs> No, you got a, the thing is, you guys got a lot of. I never figured it out. I went to SNL, you know, as a performer, not really ever feeling comfortable with the fact there were cameras between mm. me and the audience, and I wanted to overcome that. And I especially miss the only live comedy that seems to be done now uh, is, or this, people seem to be able to really nail it is is stand up. I've mm. seen very little. Maybe my favorite shapes by Julio uh, uh, by Torres, you know, as an alt com sort of yeah. there. And then there's a bunch of sitcoms, and I don't trust the laugh track on some of those. But you know what I mean? Like I want to yeah. see. I want to see a sketch show live sometime, and before it's too late. Well, I'm hoping yeah. that if we get a second season, we could have a live element in the next one. Yeah. Yeah. As long as everyone like makes sure they don't have another career. <laughs> Oh, that's that. That's probably because it takes happen. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it takes twice as long. So I, I want to go into the specifics of the sketch and discuss what you like about certain decisions, how they came about. Just sort of dive into it 
and see how you thought about certain decisions. So um, the sketch opens with Kevin and Mark's characters talking about a kangaroo filet and how it's local. Hypothetically, a sketch does not need that part. Not saying it shouldn't. I like that oh. part. That part's really funny. But like hypothetically, you can start the sketch and just talk about the tart. Like, mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. is important about setting up the world to have also that they serve kangaroo and it's not. No one's surprised that they have kangaroo. They're surprised that the kangaroo is local. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, as, I guess you don't as, have to see me. Joke. No. Well, as the person who wrote that joke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I thought so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think there's... Um, the, I think part of what we do, I guess, as the kids and all, is we don't go straight to the... Mm-hmm. You know, we don't follow the straightest line in our narratives. We're yeah. not... We wouldn't be good at UCB. Is what we're trying yeah. to say. Yeah, we like we like we like these we like sort of just creating a a, a world of where these people live. Any before you get to the premise, especially it's about four slow guys who yeah. work really well with each other. So it's nice to see a bit of the normal world for a second. You think he's a normal waiter? He's a normal waiter. We're just lay, literally laying the table and exploring the status between Kevin's character mm-hmm. and and, and, it, my and then character. he goes back and then he um it's a, oh it's a funny word they're all like slow waiters but here's the yeah. beautiful part uh, we don't talk about this let's do this because it sets up the world it's just sort of instinctive with us whether yeah. it's right or wrong that you don't just yeah you don't just dive into the pool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, and if it was wrong, you wouldn't be seeing it. But the kangaroo yeah. thing yeah. might be, it might be strategic in a way, without thinking it, because it makes the audience think it's going to be about that. Yeah, yeah. And then it's not even. Yeah, that's going to be about it. the crazy stuff they serve in this <laughs> yeah, crazy restaurant. It but no, it's about, it's about a blueberry tart. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. That's it. Part of sketch comedy yeah. uh, is like uh, uh, pulling the wool. What's the saying? Pulling the leg of the audience. Pulling the wool over, pulling the, over the, the audience leg. leg. Yeah, yeah, misdirection. It's, it's misdirection. It's magic. I think it's like torturing magic. sheep. Tricking the audience. Tricking yeah. the audience. Torturing sheep. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you remember who came up with the name of the tart as tart? I assume that was me. As blueberry is not. Yeah, that French de bleu bleu Yeah, so there was a big speech, so a huge speech that was in the live. Um, Do you uh, want to give it now? Tart de bleu bleu sauvage. No, I don't remember any of it. It was, yeah, about, okay, it was all picked by indigenous elders, um, you know. Yeah, it had kitten spit in it, and it was like done in, a, in an environmentally sound way. It was like a, literally like a, a minute-long monologue that we went, it mm-hmm. just doesn't belong. And, and Mark also had a monologue at the end that we cut. Yeah, we also that we did cut on, that one. That we did yeah, on right. stage, and we which was... He burns himself down with the restaurant. He, the, or we're gonna cook, and we end up mm. cooking him. Is is so I offer suggestions on how to prepare different parts of my body. Yeah, mm-hmm. ending with his genitals, yeah. right, and his. Yeah. Cock. Oh, did we cut that? No, we cut it all. And Mark oh, and I no. fought bitterly over that one. Not but then I, cutting. Mark realized I cut the, my big monologue, and so it only seemed fair that he would cut his big monologue. <laughs> yeah. And that wasn't that kind of a petty decision. But it, they were literally it decisions. It just coincidentally was a petty decision <laughs> that was a good one. But we did both cut it, and we did argue about that a lot, Mark, remember? We argued over who should have final cut, because we finally came that back to the, the original thing. Do I own the do I own this sketch because I invented the characters in the situation, or do you own the sketch because you brought it in? Yeah. Hmm. Well, hmm. but yeah. but do you agree with that? You, you uh, it was right to cut that, wasn't it? Yeah, I was surprised yeah. when it was gone. I went, huh? Yeah, I wasn't oh, so sure edit. about you cutting yours actually. But we had a different thing. In one version, I I had offered up a version where there was a, a montage of all this being done 
with a monologue married to it. And then another one, the montage was separated, making the sketch longer. And I, I thought that was not that a good was, idea. Yeah, I, would have cut, I would have cut the montage if it was up to me. That's what Mark and said. And I would have it, – yeah. it doesn't move it along for me. I know we're This we're is what you want. Enjoy it. it. I would rather hear those amazing words. Yeah, I like you seeing – and I like Mark's shots. speech too. By the way, so yeah. you think we made a mistake there? I do actually. I think oh, I, I think that was like yeah. kind of letting the director anymore. do. No, a, a that thing. was my decision. Was that you? Well, yeah. if we ever tour again, which apparently we're not, um, it would go back. <laughs> it would go back in. It would go back yeah. in. But it's yeah. true. It, I think that that killed. You know Mark what we do? We do a tour and we open the show with Tart your version, and we close the show with Tart my version. We flip them in different cities, so we both get a chance at a fresh audience. And we do it until there's only 11 people in our audience <laughs> okay. in Green Bay. And then we realize it's... See, pointless. now I'm haunted by and the loss of the monologue. Well, yeah. 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 live and fail, as yeah. Kevin McDonald once said. <laughs> oh, well, live and fail. Oh, well, live and fail. <laughs> yeah. So as the sketch moves on, you, you're now... Uh, Mark's character is in the kitchen. So there's the bit about all the characters having names that rhyme with Rory. <laughs> <That's> just, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pure. That, that was pure me. That was aggressive just, silliness. Which is funny because like silly. it's great, but it could have been bad. I always think that it could have been bad, but it's great. And it was well, very difficult to memorize. On stage, it's the way it's presented. Yeah. It's the way it's presented. Because I never, because I would be coming in and I would have to really concentrate because I'd have to yeah. find out which. Because you guys would never say the same names in the same order before That's I got right. there. And you I go, did. Yeah, mostly no, Bruce. Mostly Bruce would you get were wrong every, every or night. You were Rory, you were Corey, you were Tori, you were Dory. Yeah, yeah I, seem to remember, I, I seem to remember in Philadelphia there was a Zori. <laughs> guys, and, and now I'm sorry. Yeah. But it was the most difficult part of the sketch was remembering which Ori are they. Yeah, yeah but well, it's great because it, 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 on stage, live, it has a certain tension between yeah. us. That people, wow, they're they really out. acting really well. No, they're just <laughs> no. trying to fucking remember what they're their really character well. which name is. Ori, which Ori it is. But that kind of silliness really makes me laugh. I just find yeah. that yeah. fucking so stupid. <laughs> I also really like the next part where each of the new characters are introduced before they engage with the scene, there's like a, a beat where yes. first it is yeah. Scott being like, slow down. And then there's <laughs> a full like breathe. Another fight. But then, yeah. <laughs> and then there's there's Bruce's, obviously he's like, he's family, so he can be included. Yeah. And then Dave has the big one of the Nicaragua joke. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way about all Nicaragua. Nicaragua. Well, the, the premise yeah. of the characters is that they are very sensitive very. to each other. <laughs> And they're going to listen and support each and other, listen. which is something that the kids in the hall have never done. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of, <laughs> which is kind of like an interesting negative impression of of who we are. Like we mm-hmm. are the opposite of these waiters, literally. Yeah, <laughs> and we were so in love with those characters. We wrote a, th- a third. There's a third scene of yeah. the pooping. Which started out as which started out as not those characters. It was just the characters. premise. Because it was you in. and Gary. I think I did that, and yeah, I didn't know I was, was. I had to seek approval. Like, if we do this again, I yeah, you didn't seek approval. For Mark no, only. I just thought they were characters. We no, I'll just again. do Gavin. I think for now it's characters. Gavins. Yeah. <laughs> I love pooping too. That's a yeah. good fuck. That makes me laugh. Gavin cashes a check. It writes itself. <laughs> <laughs> I would do it. Your turn. Your turn. So, so you talked a little bit about the the making the tart montage, which I guess was debated in itself. Yeah. Is the music and the setting of and how shot is that? meant to be deliberately likes another version of it like i guess i'm asking is like is this parody is it not parody for the most part you, oh. you avoid parody what what were you thinking of when that music cue because it was such a specific choice it's lovely mm. like a light yeah. swingle singer sort of thing 
Um, I, it's um, just a kind of music we've liked in a few things yeah. over the years. It's just meditative. And, it felt right. Yeah. yeah. Is, that Craig, pa- is it a Craig piece? It's probably a Craig Northey, our great Yeah, we, didn't, we weren't parodying it. But not parody. No. no, it just felt right immediately. But in general, I, I guess the question, parody is a thing that seems like you've avoided. What, yes. Is, is yeah. it intentionally? Is it? Yeah. Uh, why it, is that? Uh, part part of part of it was out of respect for SCTV, right? Because uh, we thought they did it better than we ever could, uh, mm-hmm. and part of it was just that we, you know, uh, you know that we thought you know parody has a limited shelf life. Yeah, but you we know. sneak it in. We sneak it in. Girl, drink drunk. Uh, As a, yeah, parodied parodied a movie from the forties. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. We're sneaking. Yeah. No one in the world, uh, unless they're a movie buff, uh, could tell that we're sort of doing a, a movie. The Lost weekend. Lost weekend. Um, so sometimes you can use it as a tool. It gives you a story to go to, to, yeah. to trade your jokes in. But it's not a parody sketch. No. We, we just Satire use, is and timeless. Even if we'd done, and even if yeah. we'd shot it in the style of like that Netflix food doc by yeah, Gail, yeah. you know, sure. it wouldn't, it wouldn't, yeah. I don't think you would have seen as much of the, or felt the characters as much. Yeah. You know, but you could have done sense. it very handheld. And... But satire is more about human behavior, which never changes. Yeah. So it can be timeless. Yeah. There's a shot that's so when I love, which is, uh, Kevin's character still calls it a pie, and then Mark offers to take a photo with him, and then you see it from the perspective of the camera phone yeah. backing. That was my idea. Yeah. Remember the yes, idea? That, that was, was my idea. That was Kevin. Way to go, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know because that. they cut comedy so weird. There's no rules to it. Sometimes the thing they, the, the 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 way they had it first, where you saw Mark and you saw me and you saw Mark. Sometimes that would work in different things. But I, did, well, I wasn't laughing, so that we tried it that way, just one shot, and then all of a sudden I was laughing. But there's no rule. You can't say, yeah. uh, f- from now on, always have one shot. It <laughs> really depends on what context it's in. I get excited about boring things, but that's the mm. interesting thing about <laughs> no, comedy. No, 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 you feel it. You feel yeah. the yeah. moment of, like, you know what's, ha- what's happening, what's happening, yeah. and then you fill in the gap. Bring me back my phone. Bring me back my phone. Yeah, and it's chemical, like the drug we like so much, cocaine. Yeah. It just yeah. has like yes. a chemical We used that angle once before, and it was where we were doing the cop scene where Scott's the old lady who falls down with a bag of oranges and then a man comes and helps pick them up and then she's like oh thank you thank you and then the guy just slowly starts backing away (laughs) stealing her oranges (laughs) I I tried to do a callback to that in this (laughs) season I had written something that that was in and I said like a callback we're going to do from 30 years ago (laughs) (laughs) I was going to have Fran, Fran do that in I remember yeah. that. Yeah, that's right. The look in that actor's face is amazing. Yeah. So good. He, think he, about, goes, yeah. he slowly backs away with the oranges. Yeah. Like, am I going to get away with this? Yeah. <laughs> A bag of oranges from an old lady. I do love that. <laughs> Who hasn't done that? Yeah. <laughs> we'll be right back with the kids in the hall and how to end a sketch. Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? The real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. Fox Creative. This is advertiser content from 26.2 Team Milk and their new docu-series, Running Sucks. Is running the worst? Yeah. Do you love it? Do you hate it? I hate it so much. (laughs) I hate it so freaking much. That you're a real runner now! I hate it. (laughs) I'm Abby Ayers, a 37-year-old mom from Utah who found herself running across the Manhattan Bridge 
in my first race ever. Running Sucks celebrates women who run and the running communities that carry them across the finish line. Running helped me in so many ways postpartum. It really is about taking my power back and proving myself wrong. For every person like you, I'm telling you you belong, and I'm telling you you can do it. I never thought the words would leave my mouth, but yes, I'm planning on running a marathon. (laughs) I can't even say it without laughing, because, like, who would have thought? Watch Running Sucks at runningsuckstheseries.com and learn more about how Team Milk is helping women runners across the country conquer their next course. Now back to the kids in the hall discussing being unafraid to embrace the darkness, especially as they age. So so the, the sketch escalates in a kids in the hall way of now... Everyone's like, I have to kill myself. No, I will kill you. Um, <laughs> can you talk about the conversations about, you know, how to get to sort of the last beat of this sketch? What did you do? I, you know, I, I don't know if like not all sketches have perfect endings. And I think we got yeah. close with this one. I'm not sure we absolutely stuck it because it's a hard sketch to end for some I reason. I wish there'd been some smoke coming into the into the mm-hmm. restaurant. Yeah. That's the thing I miss. And I wish Kevin had gone more. Mm. That's it. So, I blame Kevin for not making it a perfect <laughs> ending. But Alicia Young who directed it, she did a fantastic job. Yeah. And uh but yeah, um she did. we did discuss the big the big fight was over Mark's speech about which parts of his body we yeah. would cook. Yeah. But I think Dave and it's my favorite line in the whole uh, uh, miniseries, which is he's the baby. He's only fifty nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, that I think once that joke is to me is, and I can say because I didn't write it, it's so good and it, we love it. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, and it's about us. It helped us. It, is. it helped us not have to have that bigger ending. I think yeah. it helped, but it didn't. It wasn't an ending. It it's wasn't not a an resolution. Ending. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the idea in the monologue. Maybe if we could ever like work that out. Which is either they give a speech or we show the burning. Burning of the building. The burning of the building. Outside. Or the firemen yeah. arriving. Yeah. You know, uh, just like horrified. Yeah. Oh, coming behind me. <laughs> or yeah. taking our charred bodies out. Yeah. You know, maybe still discussing something. And you could flip it. You could do some uh, firemen talking about the kangaroo at the zoo. Or yeah. like you could do some kind of deep cut callback. Or you could. Or, fire- you, or you cut to another restaurant where they've heard about the disaster that 78 <laughs> people have died and they're going now. They figure out why? Yeah, they figure out like, why. Oh, of and they're going, we are taking tarts yeah. off the menu. <laughs> yeah. Until the Although foreseeable within our premise, we future. don't set the place on fire. We just cook you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. As, as it was premise, on stage. We stay within yeah. our premise. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're right. We just cooked uh, him. Yeah. We just cooked But Mark. we did have a. No, we, I was we, looking for any. We did it. have. We did have. We right. had shot where Mark lies down. We put an apple in his mouth and everything. So we went. We went that far. We cut that. Remember? We should have done something weird. Just that. gone yeah. totally into kind of like strange thing. Like you do, you a think skewer so? up my butt that I'm enjoying on the spit. <laughs> I know. <laughs> as I sing a song holding a little bouquet of flowers and you guys are all turning me. Kumbaya, my lord. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> When I we, guess we're discovering that this we made is a the lot dream. of mistakes. I, I like the ending. I yeah. thought it was nice because it's like it's 
there's something about where you go, you should cook me, and they're all like, okay, opposed to like a sort of bigger speech about yeah. it. Yeah. I think fits yeah. with the sort of tone also of works. the piece as a whole. Works. Yeah. yeah, thank you for but that. The, but uh, cook, uh, don't cook, don't eat, don't cook my penis. Made me laugh. It's always been troublesome know. organs. Yeah. <laughs> troublesome organs caused me much confusion. <laughs> that was that I mean, was the, that was the line. line don't that cook was my penis. Use it as a garnish. That's right. Yeah. I also miss the thing. I also remember you say, but my fingers, they they no 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 travel freely between my hands. No, if you're gonna use if you're gonna use the cheek meats, my orifice meats, my orifice meats, my mouth or my anus, my mouth or my nose, my ears, my ears. Please don't forget to cook it well because my my fingers travel freely between my anus and my face. I know. See, now why didn't we use that? That's pretty good. We made a lot of mistakes. Is it too late? It's all. Couldn't we just cut to like like in a Pythonic way? Just cut to someone throwing up into a bowl, but like a POV shot. Cut of. Okay, we blew that sketch. We blew it. He liked it, and and we we're way harder on our innings than probably yeah someone. I thought it was good. You thought it ended. I was. I brought up the ending because I thought. Wow, they figured out how you guys are good at endings, and this to me was an example of a successfully. We ended are pretty good step. at endings. It's a, yeah. good. it's a thing I do watch some some shows with my son, who's now fifteen. It's like, oh, that's a terrible ending. That's yeah, a terrible it's ending. A, it's a tough thing. Yeah, yeah. Jordan, uh, yeah. it's turned. Uh, Keen Peel, they were good enders. Were they? Yeah. Were they, yeah, Kevin? They were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were pretty good. You're in attacked. their pocket, eh? You're in their pocket. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. How much they paid you? Monty Python cheated. They, they uh, never. They weren't. Good they never ended. They like. They... That's why we went back to endings because yeah. we could adverse bite for Python yeah. again, like SCTV. We said. Yeah. That's one of the few rules we had was we our sketches had to have endings. Yeah. Because we didn't want to be compared to Python. Yeah, Python and SCTV. I no didn't parody. Know we had that rule. Ending. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, we decided to go very. Dave and I talked we're about very, it. Uh, mm-hmm. We were very. It's very classic um, um, structure. Yeah, more Carol Burnett yeah. than Python. Yeah, yeah, or SNL, which often will zoom out or applause out of a sketch. Yeah, yeah. Or which join is us a good next trick week on you this premise show. When you don't have yeah. an ending. When you don't have an ending. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's all the time for this week on premise. <laughs> <laughs> So one one of the things that uh, makes this a kids in the hall sketch is Kevin plays a woman. Um, what's amazing still, thirty years co- of comedy later, it is still noticeable how differently you all play women in sketches. Like it is still <laughs> jarring how much more integrity you play female characters to comedy within the last decade or so. Um, so starting at least with Kevin. You know, first, how did you approach this woman, and in generally, then how how do you all st- do it? I just, you know, put a wig on and I become my mother. And I, uh, <laughs> though it's not like my mother at all, she didn't have like a fake no. British accent like I do. But, <laughs> no. uh, but spiritually, it feels like, um, yeah, I, you just you put your shoes on and your wig on. And for me, I become my mother. I don't know. I can't speak for the others. Do you become your mothers? Yeah, mother yeah. or or someone else very um, close, someone whose whose essence you've absorbed. And I wonder if that is how it all it how it traveled through the troop. Because yeah. when one of us started playing that. It must have been obvious. Oh, there's the door. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. To the uh, well, you uh, always but... play girlfriends too, and your sister. Yeah, my my sister was Kathy, um, but I'm not a great actor. And like when I did Tammy, <laughs> I knew that like oh, I was just gonna pout a lot, and that's all I fucking had. <laughs> it's pretty, it's and, hilarious. Yeah, it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I, I feel as a woman, it's I'm a better version of myself. Mitsu? You're doing me too. I'm like stronger. I guess yeah. kind of. I'm yeah. not so weak. Or I'm just talking like to you now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm a better version of myself when I'm a woman. I, I just, I'm like stronger. I'm, so, I'm braver. I'm smarter. It depends. Like, sometimes it's my mother. Sometimes it's a, a woman I know. Sometimes it's just a woman I'd like to be. And sometimes mm. it's just me. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know. Yeah. 
When uh, you're not working on the show, do you miss opportunities of being women? Of, yeah. Have, of expressing that part of yourselves? Yeah. If, yeah. if nothing yeah. else for the yeah. creative exercise, yeah. the artistic mm. Not the makeup, like not the hours I of makeup. I don't miss shirt. the makeup. <laughs> yeah. No. But or, we are, or the wardrobe fittings. But yes. Yeah. But we are pretty feminine guys. I remember once my wife said, well, all your friends are really feminine. Like as a compliment, <laughs> right? We are fairly feminine and we're mu- we're masculine as well. Yeah. But we're yeah. we're not afraid of our feminine sides, are we, Mark? Mm. Not a bit. No, not at all. Not a bit. We, we were proud no, by really, calling ourselves fruit flies. Playing women was an incredibly, I think, exciting journey. It really taught us a lot about ourselves yeah. and, and it was it was successful like uh, the first woman I remember playing where we got the full treatment because we've been doing it on on uh, on in our club shows and stuff like that. But we that. did it with no wardrobe or wigs or anything. No you're right it was Nina. Yeah. No I'm sorry in our regular series was Monique the pyromaniac. Oh man how and gorgeous you were. Momo yes? do, you, do, you, do you like it here? Oh yes everyone is so flammable oh great well that's great well you just keep up the good work and I'm sorry that I had to interrupt your day like oh, this oh no no so problem you, I, I hope I didn't <laughs> I was unbelievably and it was because we had Judy Cooper Seeley from Second City yeah. and I went out on stage and, and, uh, and sat there and I had a terrible cold and uh, the crew had noticed me and was like, I, I didn't, is there a woman in this crew? She's really hot. And, uh, and then uh, Blanchard came out and said. That was your first, like, real That was the first time it was first like, I know that I passed. Mm. That yeah. was kind of interesting. I passed. Oh. Just sitting. I don't know about character, but just sitting I, there. I've, I've never passed. I've still Dave never passed. passed. No, you passed. You passed. passed. You yeah. pass and you've passed. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've never passed. Yeah, I think you pass in this show. Well, I think, you, an older one, I yeah. think <laughs> you pass completely with the scene with Dave when he buys the house. Uh, you completely. Yeah, oh, I think actually in my card, like that shot I have of you and the director. <laughs> when she like, faints, call it that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think the way we played the women in the full well, wardrobe and, and and makeup was very much informed by the fact that we started out playing women with nothing, where we just did it with posture and yeah. and inflection and a purse, and it was and so and when we got to TV, we realized well we can't do that anymore, but but we learned the skill of. Playing women like from I guess from the from the inside out I guess yeah. Uh, yeah so the makeup was so when we got to doing it on TV the the task then was just to get the makeup and wardrobe departments to understand that we didn't want them to get a laugh yeah, and then, yeah. there were some female characters that we barely even wore makeup like I mean my 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 lesbian cab driver I don't wear makeup on that but I'm a big old bull dyke but I'm a woman and or so we girls mom. Yeah. Well, my f- my first oh, female character was in our radio <laughs> yeah, show. The radio show. The memory sketch. Oh right, right. right. I memories, played the girlfriend in memories, and that yeah. was a radio. You were Nancy, sketch. weren't you? I think so. Yeah. You had that sweater. That's one of the first times yeah. I saw you. I don't think I'd even. You had a diaphragm that was ten feet wide. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I didn't but I'm incredibly fertile. <laughs> but the yeah. character originally was on the radio show, so there was nothing but voice. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's getting nervous. Yeah. No, back to you. Well, but you guys fun. have hard out, so I have to. I'm yes, just do we? To, we yeah, have to do awesome. the tonight oh, show. Sorry, the tonight no, no, show. go ahead. Go ahead. You mentioned it briefly, but um, another way in which you guys are incredibly ahead of time, and it still feels like comedy is catching up to, is how, the depiction of queerness beyond just having a gay cast member, but sort of the queerness that went through the entire show. It only feels like in the last three, four years, at least in the states, you can see even similar things in a mainstream comedy space. Um, considering that the show was made in the late 80s, early 90s, in the height of the AIDS epidemic, um, Scott, in the documentary, you said you guys use homosexuality as a weapon to bash squares. What is the difference to make <laughs> like your... Squares. 
I said squares ironically, but no, it's great. I like it. What is well, biggest isn't funny. Yeah, that's fair. What is the difference about making comedy now, where in some ways gayness is more accepted, in some ways it's not as in every way almost. In many ways, yes, it is. But it still, you know, it's not like there's as many gay comedians as you as there are people who are aspiring to be. I guess. I guess it's, so. It's really what is it when you're not pushing back against the same things um, for you, Scott, but also as in, in general for the show. How does it change when the sort of the punk ethos changes as you're sort of getting older and your relationship to the establishment changes? Good question. Well, well quite often the establishment now is filled with queer people, so mm-hmm. that is still pushing back, and a lot of them still hate the way we do things and hate the way I do things. So I'm finding that even though it seems like uh, it's not the same, but there's still lots of people that hate what we do. Well, and the backdrop of a very timid society now, I mean, there's a kindness in Mm -hmm. the world that I totally love, but there's also a timidity that, you know, it doesn't embrace the some certain kinds of comedy. So I think that... Yeah, the fear of offending. Yeah, and there's a sexlessness in comedy. And Mm -hmm. there's a sexlessness in in the queer movement, too, as Mm -hmm. gender has kind of replaced sexuality. So in many ways, for me... I still feel like I'm pushing against the establishment mm-hmm. because, but except now, quite often the establishment is filled with gay people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still don't fit in. So, yeah. <laughs> hallelujah. I, I think you do. I mean, <laughs> well, I, I, I told, I've told somebody this today. is like one of the reasons I wanted to do the show is when I saw his buddy Cole show. I thought it was so fucking brilliant. It's like that man needs mm-hmm. his voice back on TV. And that was one of the reasons... You know, we did it, and I, we could say that for everybody, but that, that to me, is like opium. But Scott doesn't want to fit in. Yes. yes. Right. right. You, you don't, don't want to fit I, in. This is what I store. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, in a good way. Like, uh, well, your like, comedy doesn't want you to fit uh, well, in. He likes being the only Ken doll with genitalia. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you as a human being wants to fit in but the comedy part of maybe you, not maybe, maybe not. not maybe, maybe not. he doesn't want to fit in yeah. as a human no I don't think so if you had full acceptance you'd hate it it would be awful yeah. <laughs> to move on to the rest of you so it's not just about Scott how yeah. do you all feel about being less outsiders than you were when you first were doing it um, you know you all have had different careers and that has been so much the mentality that you were that motivated the early runs of the show, how, how no. what is what is it like? I don't know. I, I think we still feel like we're we're just outside a different set of gatekeepers now, um, but like we're still were... yeah we're still we're st- I mean we still are fighting for, you know that the right to say whatever you what you think is the is the the most interesting thing to say, and mm-hmm. you know and uh, so I think we're, you know as I said I think I think the. Uh, the wall that you got to push against is on a, is on a different side of us than it used to be. Yeah, I, because- I feel like, sorry, I, I just feel like in terms of the education I got working with these guys, it's like the people I work with in the world, like a lot of them went to NYU and I got to go to Hogwarts, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind of a qualitative difference in the experience of being in a troop and working intensely, working in a way that is, would not be allowed because we were so volatile with each other yeah, and yet that down. was necessary Good to work. forge what it is that we do. Mm-hmm. I don't think you would get away with that in Drama 101 at Columbia. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. thank God we had this because it forced us through. But, but also yeah. now we have, like, I, we never realized it until we started touring. We didn't realize that we were impacting people. And now yeah. I take great comfort from people like you or whoever, you know, that 
mean the show meant something to them or or he, queer he kids did not that say could, that once you know no, no. yeah <laughs> but um yeah you never so probably friends of yours maybe. so but i think it's we're, it's all of us right we're all everybody i don't know anyone who doesn't feel kind of like an outsider oh yeah maybe there's some people in new york who go around in weird cars but may they probably feel like they're outsiders and yeah. no one understands and it's them. not like the war on freedom of speech is over because it's yeah. it's 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 no, doing very well it's, right it's now in a, it's in a really interesting new phase it is i mean yeah yeah yeah, I kind of miss the religious right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the good old days. Yeah. Oh, Salad old, at least I could tell that, oh, this asshole isn't my friend. Yeah. <laughs> um, when promoting the show, Dave, you tweeted, the show your grandparents wouldn't let your parents watch is back. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw that. In, that was a good one. Yeah. I'm pithy. In general, he yeah. is pithy. He is pithy. Great. It's a great quip. Um, in general, were there conversations about how much you wanted the show to talk about getting older or passing of time or or not talk about it were there things of like no we just we it's it comes about naturally just because we're writing about whatever we're writing about what's on Mm -hmm. our minds and what's what is appearing what what to our way of thinking seems ridiculous about being alive yeah and one of the things that's ridiculous about being alive for all of us right now is that we're old so yeah. we're yeah, so we're gonna deal with that you know in 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 various ways in the show we write about age and you know, and uh, but it's it it wasn't like an, we had an agenda. It was just this thing is funny to me. Yeah, and I actually don't like it because sometimes we we we're quick to go. We're we're old. Like I, I mm. when I you know when I see Sunvolt or something, I think oh this, those guys are old, but man are they cool. <laughs> and so I you know I think we've aged well in in our brains or whatever. And and then of course I go out and write sixty and on the pole. So I, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm not my own boss. Yeah, but we're also not yeah. so old that we won't live long enough to look back on this and go, "Wow, it was a lot younger then." Yeah, like right yeah. now, mm. I think about that too. Yeah, how young we looked in uh, Death Comes to Town. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I no, had an ab. I had my last ab. Yeah. I think we leaned into it because there's so many ageist comments about, it, and that that's an ism that's yeah. really flowering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. we just leaned in. I think yeah, there was an attitude of just. Uh, fuck you! Yeah, we're old. Yeah, fuck you! Yeah, exactly. Just coming out of the cage. Yeah, there's oh, definitely no. more nudity than I expected. <laughs> Me too. I walked on set and there was some. Did some you mean stems or wanted? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I. That's what I got from it. Or wanted. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think there's uh, one way of it. There's a. I think it's Steve Martin quote where he says, "You know, when you're younger, it's easy to joke about cancer. And then your friend, then you get older, and your friends start getting cancer, and." You know, there's always been a darkness to kids in the hall. You know, there's always been sketches that start in mundane places and then end up in places where people are dying. And <laughs> and I think, Scott, in the doc you were talking, or maybe it was in the book, you said something about, like, not all comedy has to come from pain, but a lot of yours yours all have. Mm. Um, as you've gotten older, is do you feel still feel like it's that? Is it is a new pain? Is it the same? Do you feel like, you know, there's the... Another example, uh, the, uh, a lot of you had drunk and or abusive fathers, and then some of you now are fathers. Um, <laughs> like specifically. None of us are abusive. <laughs> what are you saying? Yeah. What are you saying? No, that's, I'm implying the well, opposite. I mean emotionally, <laughs> sure. Emotionally abusive, sure. Or like, you know, like Bruce has that sketch where it's about a, dr- a father who's drunk. He's not just drunk. He's super drunk, and, and it's fanciful from there. I guess the point being is, does that part feel the same, that you're working – sort of personally that the work is coming from the same place internally um well i think i think as long as you're breathing you're in some kind of pain uh 
So uh, yeah, you're still Captain you're st- Happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if, yeah, if you can't if you can't laugh at the fact that you know you know if you live long enough you will get cancer, uh, you know then you know we you, love our how cancer jokes. Enjoy it? How we you love enjoy our life? cancer jokes. Yeah, and most people can't laugh at that. Well, and yeah. I, you know, yeah. I, and for me, our dark sense of humor is always. We don't make fun of anything. We never no. make fun of anything. Cancer warrior, I wasn't making fun of cancer warrior. I was making fun of the system that would, you know, I, I thought Elevate. like parade, yeah. parade the prism. kids around. Because yeah. I thought about a kid and if like he goes into remission and then Wayne Gretzky doesn't come see him because he's in remission. I thought that and, <laughs> but as a sketch idea. But we're using it to partner with all the dark stuff. That's how we yeah. survived yeah. and we're... Like when we, well. when we did the uh, cause of cancer with uh, where Bruce, where we revealed that Bruce was causing all the cancer in the world, it's not because we think cancer's funny. It was kind of a fantasy scene about wouldn't it be great if we could just find the guy who caused cancer and stop him, you know? <laughs> and it's you know, and it's not like you know, like none of our lives had been touched by it, but yeah. you know. He just said, "If you can't, if you can't laugh at a dying friend, then what good is their friendship?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dave, in the documentary, you call Kids in the Hall a love story. The four worst people you could be forced to love for 40 years. Um, <laughs> That's pretty so I good, think, pretty And good I think thing. a lot of comedy partnerships do feel like have that quality to it. Um, as we get towards the end, I was wondering if each of you have a sort of love at first sight memory or a memory of the first time you saw one of someone else in the group and you're like, this person is a soulmate or something like that. And then also... What was the most recent version of where you felt, oh, I am with the right person? <laughs> we'll go around in a circle. We've told many, many times the story of how we met at a Second City workshop. Where we were paired off. Uh, randomly. Uh, randomly. We didn't know each other. We didn't talk to each other. And we were doing the mirror exercise. And then we started doing funny, you know, the mirror exercise, acting. The, and we, uh, acting. And we uh, started doing funny stuff. And I remember um, Dave sort of got into the fetal position and I got into the fetal position. And then we started like uh, sort of going away and leaving the, the mm-hmm. class. And then um, Alan Gumman, the nice teacher, sort of got his version of mad at us and made us come back. And then we were laughing and laughing. And that was like love at first sight. Then I saw him do an yeah. improv at the end of the class. And it was uh, it was comedy, chemistry, love at first sight. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Kevin asked me to be in his comedy troupe at the end of that class. And then I started a comedy troupe. <laughs> yeah. Do you have recent memories, as you guys have gone first, of of a moment of either each other or someone else in the group of being like, I'm happy I'm in the kids in the hall? Well, here, I'll stick with Dave, but I love everybody. Uh, We were just talking about this. uh, There's a sketch in the new show called Antique Store. Now, the thing is, this this was Miles Davis' saxophone. Really? Miles Davis actually played this? Well, no, sir, he didn't play it, but he he did have possession of it briefly. Until he threw it out of roadie while screaming, I'll play the fucking trumpet. I'll give 700 for it. Sweet deal. Got anything else? Uh, yeah, well, you know what? I saved the best for last. Yeah, yeah. yeah, now this here, I got in the 90s, but I think it's probably reaching a real sweet value about now. This here, sir, is an authentic vintage Kevin McDonald skit. Do you have a Scott Thompson? When his sketches were banned, uh, the price went through the roof. I'm, I'm not a rich man, sir. I... All I got is this Kevin McDonald skit, but it's a real good one. It's got all the earmarks of a classic Kevin McDonald sketch. It's got that uh, the crazy high voice, oh, the high voice. and uh, the, the the finger wagging for no apparent reason. Oh, and he plays himself in it too. So yeah, he did that a lot. Yeah, he did that a whole lot. Okay, then well, let's check it out. Oh, you're gonna love it. You're gonna be real happy. I brought this in. Which, um, 
we co-wrote it. We were crazy about it. It wasn't our <laughs> but favorites. We liked it. But, but we liked it. Um, and then we it found was a out. Filler. <laughs> and we had to keep rewriting it for different reasons. Over So it wasn't even the, um, the first draft of something that we weren't crazy about, that we liked it. Um, and then we found out we only had an hour and a half to shoot it. And I thought, oh, this won't even make the show. And then um, we did get another extra half hour. I'm getting most compliments uh, for that scene. And it's mm. because we sort of, again, it was sort of um, justified the feelings that I felt when I got my first comedy crush on Dave, that we just can read each other's minds. I know when he's going to pause. I know when he's not pausing so I can talk. And the others are good, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine is more the opposite. Like when I met Mark, who is my brother in the troupe, and they're all my brothers, but it was like, it was at Loose Moose Theater. And I think I said, like, how, how fucking long are you going to be practic- rehearsing that piano? Because he had his scene, his you, scene. His you didn't scene. so much say it as scream it. Oh, okay. And then, and then, and then we just we couldn't not be together because we loved each other's ideas so much. Um, and so when he told me a couple ideas, like, oh God, I'm I got I'm in with this guy. I gotta be. Yeah, know? yeah. It was it was a weird combination of things. I actually was uh, was thinking of this the other day. Uh, there was we had a writers meeting. And uh, Frank and Gary and and Norm and Bruce and I were were all meeting, and in the middle of the writers' meeting, uh, Frank <laughs> and Gary and Norm snuck off to see a movie, and and Bruce and I were kind of like work pigs, <laughs> and we I was furious, like I've never been angry at those guys in my life, yeah. uh, and then we wrote a scene, we stayed, we stuck around, we wrote a scene, that that felt bonding, I don't know if it was any good. Yeah. yeah. Do you have more more recent ones? Uh, I have moment. a recent one. What? It's like it was got. the very first day of shooting, and Mark and I were doing Hotel Lorette and oh, Dave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Mark was all was in drag, and I came out onto the set in my character, and I saw Mark and yeah. as his character, and I was in my character, and we started spritzing the characters, and I fell in love with them again because I just went, "Oh my God, this is uh, beautiful. We're we're here. We're together. It's working," and it just felt like. It's gonna work. I remember it being graded, but yeah. I was actually thinking the same thing. Like we set, we came out and met each other as yeah. two people worrying about our wigs yes. in a strange studio that we'd never worked in before with a crew whose faces we would never, we never see. saw their faces. Yeah, and then as we shot the couch scene, yeah, it just went click. Click, click, and by the end, we were doing Kids in the Hall. It's weird. It is right. weird because I couldn't yeah. really remember the voice. I couldn't really remember how they behaved with each other, and then instant, yeah. I went. Oh, and on that, so love. And on that loving note, thank you so much yeah, for your great questions. Thank you, Carson Wade. I really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate it. But thank, thank you guys so much. All right, have feel a better. Good time doing Bye. Thanks a lot. Feel better. Thank you so much. That's it for another episode of Good One. Watch all the seasons of Kids in the Hall and the Comedy Punks documentary on Amazon Prime Video. Follow the Kids in the Hall on social media at KITH Online. Good One is produced by myself, Jelani Carter, and Camila Salazar. God Mishrikishin did our theme song. Write a review and rate the show on Apple Podcasts. Five stars, please. Email any comments, questions, or laughing around suggestions to goodonepodcast at gmail.com or tweet at us at goodonepodcast. I'm Jesse David Fox, and you can follow me at Jesse David Fox. Good One is a production of Vulture in the Box Media Podcast Network. We'll be back next Thursday. Have a good one. Welcome to Good One. Show about talking them jokes, mm, son. Hey, 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 good one. It's a good one. Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. 
It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. <laughs> That's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. <laughs> I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work.